Lekut Sikhis, Volume 16, the fourth Sikha for the Parsha Shemini. The title of this article, The Goes on Goichen Creature. In order to understand this Sikha, the talk of the Rebbe, we will first list a few of Rashi comments. Our Torah portion speaks of the laws of which species are kosher and which are not. When it lists the creepy, the creeping creatures that are forbidden to eat, the verse states, I'm quoting, any that goes on gochon, we'll soon talk about that, and that, and any that walks on four to any that has many legs among all creeping creatures that creep on the ground, you shall not eat for they are an abomination. Now, that's what the verse says. So, here are the comments on Rashi, of Rashi. Rashi first quotes the words of the verse that says, Any that go on goichen. Now, Rashi says, go on goichen. This is the serpent. And the expression goichen denotes bending down. So that the phrase now means that which walks bent down and then falls upon its belly, meaning that the snake doesn't right away just start on its belly. It lifts itself up and bends its head, then it falls back down and it moves. Then Rashi quotes the words of the verse, any that go, means any that go on goichen, and he says the words any to include earthworms, and what resembles those that resemble them. Then he goes ahead and he focuses on the next words. He quotes, and any that walks on four, Rashi says, this is the scorpion, which, just that you know, is the only one in that category that has four legs. Then he quotes the words any, from the words any that walks on four, and he comments, to include the beetle, called escarbat in French, and what resembles those that resemble them. Then he takes the last case of the verse, he quotes it, to any that has many legs, and Rashi says, has many legs, this is the centipede, a creature with legs from its head to its tail on either side, called centipede. Now, when he says called centipede, he means in French. Okay, so now we have all the Rashis. We have a total of five Rashis. We have Rashi explaining the words gochen. We have Rashi explaining why it says any that go on gochen. Then we have the words any that walks on four, saying it's a scorpion. Why does it say any that walks on four? And then he has the last Rashi, which is to any that has many legs, and he explains that that is the centipede. Questions on Rashi. And these questions are going to be, I'm going to divide them into categories. So let's start with 1A. The only creeping thing the Torah calls goes on Gohen is the serpent. In Genesis 3.14, after the story with the serpent and Chava, with the sin of eating from the tree of knowledge. Over there, the verse says that God cursed him and said, upon your gochen you shall go. However, 
Why does Rashi then continue with, quote, and the expression gochen denotes bending down, so that the phrase means that which walks bent down and then falls upon its belly. Now, the question that we're asking, why does Rashi suddenly have to explain the word gochen, is based upon that when Rashi saw no need to explain the word gochen in Genesis, the first time it is used, where Rashi just explains the serpent's punishment that it had legs, but they were cut off. So why over here, all of a sudden, does he feel the need to explain the word gochen? Note, concerning Rashi's not explaining the word in Genesis, we could say one of two things. Number one, in Genesis, in the chapter before that chapter, it says, and the name of the second river is Gihon, same language. Rashi explains over there, Gihon, that it means it flowed and roared, and its roaring was very great. Like, he brings a proof from the words, if an ox gores, yigach, for it gores and goes along and roars. Hence, so too with the serpent, which it says, Upon your gochen you shall go, speaks of the serpent slithering upon the ground. And I'll quote to you the Ibn Isra, who says that because of the ear that rushes forth from it, the flowed and roared. Hence, Rashi feels no need to explain it again in the next chapter in Genesis. That's one answer. Another answer, the translator that's a, he writes a book where he translates every single um, concept that there's in the Torah. So he quotes from the translators of the Torah, Yonatan ben Uziel and of Unculus. He translates the word Gichon to mean stomach. The Ibn Ezra says it's actually the chest, not exactly the stomach. And being that this is the simple meaning of this Hebrew word, that's what the translator is saying, Rashi sees no need to define it here in Genesis. So we have two reasons why Rashi didn't feel that he had to define the word Gichon when it says Hashem told him that you will walk on your Gichon. One of the two, the two reasons that we just mentioned. However... The question then begs to be asked if Rashi feels that in chapter 3 of Genesis, he doesn't have to explain what it means when God told him that upon your gochen you shall walk, then the question over here is why now in Leviticus, all of a sudden, Rashi feels changing the meaning he used for gochen in Genesis, which would be roar or stomach or chest. And over here he's saying it means bending down. That's the first question. The second question, why does Rashi define the word any, which is a biblical term that comes to add on to include? However, it adds on one thing. Why does Rashi see it here to mean two things? Number one, earthworms. And number two, and what resembles those that resemble them. The next question, the third question, why does Rashi not follow the Talmud's version of this teaching, which says any to include the earthworm and similar to an earthworm? Because then it's only adding on one thing. 
However, the version that Rashi chooses to quote from the Torah Koranim, we'll see that soon, it comes out that there's two things. There's the earthworms, which are similar to the snakes, and then there are the similar to the similar, that which is similar to earthworms. However, in the Talmud's language, it's not a problem. It's only one thing, earthworms and similar to an earthworm. Question number four. Why does Rashi include in the heading of the comment also the words any that go? The word in Hebrew, that go, when it's only the word any that is the source of to add on. This question becomes even greater, especially when right after for a similar teaching, the any of the next case in the verse which is talking about the scorpion, Rashi only quotes the word any. He doesn't write any that goes. And he explains there to include the, be- the beetles called the escarba- escarbot in French and what resembles those that resembles them. He just uses the word kol, any, because that is the source. So why over here does he say kol holech, any that goes? These are the questions on the first case of the word, which is talking about the serpent. Now we're going to go to the next case of the verse, which is talking about any that walks on four. And there Rashi says it means the scorpion. And over there Rashi adds on that the word any, kol, is to include the beetle called escarbot in French and and. Uh, it's, I'm sorry, uh, in French, and what resembles those that resemble them. Now, the question over here is that when Rashi says the word any, over here too, we have both questions. Question number one, why does he quote the language of the Torah Konim, which makes it be two things? It's the, uh, it's the Eskabart and on the beetle and that which is similar to similar and why doesn't it quote that of the Gemara, which would be only one thing, which leads to the question of why would Rashi think that the word any comes to add on two categories and not just one. Now we're going to go to question number three, which is on the last case, to any that has many legs. Now concerning the to any that has many legs, it is understood why Rashi cannot just state, quote, this is the centipede and give its French name. Why? Because there are many creeping creatures that have more than four legs. Hence, Rashi has to explain why the verse is speaking specifically of the centipede, a creature with legs from its head to its tail on either side. And Rashi then strengthens his proof by saying, and they call it centipede in French. Now, the word centipede, center means a hundred, ped means legs. Hence, when the verse says, and that has many legs, it's talking about a specific creature, which that creature is the one that has the most legs, centipede. Now, however, why does Rashi not comment here again about the any It says any that have many legs. Here too, why doesn't Rashi say to include similar to a centipede and similar to those similar to it as the Talmud does? All of a sudden, Rashi is not explaining that we extrapolate an add-on from the word any. 
Those are the questions. The explanation. Being that the only creepy creature the Torah refers to as goes on his gochen is the serpent. And the only creepy creature that walks on four is the scorpion. Then why did the to- didn't the Torah just call them serpent and scorpion? And from the word any, by each, we would have added on all creepy creatures that are similar to the serpent and to the scorpion. And the reason that he doesn't do that, he defines the the serpent as that which goes on goichen and the scorpion, that which goes on four, is specifically to tell us that when we learn out from the word any to add on another creature, it doesn't mean any that are similar to the serpent or to the scorpion, but rather it means any that is similar to these details by the serpent that goes on the goichen and by the serpent scorpion being that goes on four. Now we understand where Rashi is coming from. The fact that over here we're saying that this verse, number one, the whole going on goichen is only the serpent. And yet the Torah uses this unique version of saying goes on goichen instead of serpent is to tell us that when he adds on the word any to teach me other creatures, it's not any of the creatures that are similar in the species of snakes, but specifically to the detail of goes on its goichen. The same thing by the scorpion being that the scorpion is the only creature that goes on four. Hence, why does he have to write goes on four? He should have just said scorpion. So that we know that after that, when we learn out from the word any to add on creatures, it does not mean any that are similar to the scorpion, but specifically to the fact that it goes on four. Now with this, we can answer our questions. The answer to 1A. This explains why Rashi cannot define the word goichen as the Targum's simple meaning of the word stomach. Because the any that go to include that which is similar would then mean similar to the serpent's goes on its stomach. And if so, why not just simply write all that go on their stomach without the need for the add-on Because once you say all that goes on the stomach, it won't be just the serpent. It'll be everything that goes on the stomach, which would be what the adding on is. So you would have avoided the need to have an add-on. It would have just told us immediately on the stomach. Hence, Rashi knows that the word goichen does not mean on the stomach. Now, Here, we can go further and say, so therefore he's telling us that the serpent first goes as bent down, after which it then falls upon the belly. Now that we have this understanding, the any that go to include earthworms and what resembles those that resemble them are those which to begin with go on the belly. So they're not like serpents because they don't first pick themselves up and bend down, but rather they immediately go on the stomach. Hence, we're hearing now that the Torah is telling us, do not say that any that goes on goichen is to only include the species of serpents or anything that goes on its stomach. I'm sorry, that only the species of sermon, of, of, 
the serpent. Rather, it's telling us the serpent is unique because the serpent has two details. First, it goes up, bent down, and then it goes on the stomach. Hence, the word any means if it only goes on the stomach, we learn it out of the snake. Now that we understand this, we can go to the next question. And this explains why Rashi doesn't use the Talmud's language, that any and similar to an earthworm. But the Torah, but the Torah Koanim's version of what resembles those that resemble them. In other words, it doesn't say the earthworm and similar to the earthworm. Rather, it says the earthworm and what resembles those that resemble them. Because, number one, the any is not adding on that which is similar types of a serpent, but specifically similar to goes on its goichen. That's one detail. The second detail is that even the earthworm isn't exactly similar to the first goes as bent down of the goes on goichen, but only to the goes on its belly part. So it's not even the earthworm, which we do specifically point out, is not completely similar to the serpent. Hence, we're going to say that the detail here is that which is similar to that which is similar. Meaning that we're not saying it's only similar to the earthworm, just like we're not saying it's only similar to the snake, but rather just loosely what resembles those that resemble them. Which now leads us to the answer to question, the third question. Hence, we know that this any, which is not specifically similar to the serpent, which first goes bent down, but is somewhat similar, it goes on its belly, is not just adding on one similar to the serpent that goes on the goichen, but also what resembles those that resemble them. Two things, because we now see that the word any is not like we normally do to include the entire species of that which is specifically said. We're talking about something which is loosely similar. Hence, we understand that it means that which is also loosely similar to that which is loosely similar. The fourth question, this is why Rashi includes the words any that go in the heading. Since specifically that go, which refers to the on its belly, not the first being bent down, is what defines the similarity and the resembles because no other creepy creature bends down, including in the add-on of any. Now we can go to this next question, which is on the second phrase, the second case of the verse, which is talking about the serpent. With the serpent too, the verse is looking to add on not anything that's similar to the scorpion, the species, but specifically the creepy, creepy creatures that one are not exactly walk on four since only the scorpion is a creepy creature that has four legs. But rather, it has a detail of similarity, which is that the any comes to add on those creepy creatures that have more than four legs, but use primarily only four legs of those more than four legs to walk. 
Hence, the reasoning of answers of 1B and 1C, which we said, which is that, again, to recap, the reason why Rashi doesn't quote the Talmud, which says specifically that it goes on those that are, those that are similar to the scorpion, and which would be, the beetle, and then those which are similar to the beetle is because, once again, we see specifically that the verse is not coming to compare species, but rather a specific similarity that even though the rest of them have more than four legs, but they only primarily use four legs for the walking. Hence, it doesn't quote the language of the Talmud, it uses the words of the Torah Kohenim, which means that it is similar to that which is similar. Now we understand why it says the any of the any that walks on four. Now we'll go to the next case, which is the third case, which is talking about the centipede. Being that the first two cases of the verse goes on Goichen, and goes on four, speak of only one creature each, the serpent and the scorpion, not a category. Hence, we must say that the that has many legs also speaks of only one creature, the centipede. Just to point out, this is the format, the way we study Torah. If the Torah lists three cases, and two of them have a specific detail. In other words, it's not talking about a species, but one animal, either the serpent or the scorpion. Hence, we must say that the third case is not talking about a species, but specifically one, which is the centipede. Now, you can see over here that here, where the centipede is not the only creepy creatures that has many legs, Unlike only the serpent being called Gozan Goichen and the scorpion being the only creepy creature that has four legs. So this is different than those two cases. Therefore, this time when the verse says any, it's the regular type of any, which comes to add on the quote as varieties of many legs. This is the standard procedure of extrapolating from the word any, like in every other time the Torah would add on the word kol. So therefore, Rashi needn't make any specific comment about it, unlike the other first two times where Rashi does have to point out, since it is uniquely specifically different than every other time, in which it's not coming to include varieties, but rather specific detail goes on belly, works primarily on four of its many legs. Okay, the lesson. Being that the serpent does end up Quote, goes on his belly. Why does the verse specifically describe it as the expression gochen denotes bending down and not simply as goes on his belly? To understand this, we need to know that upon the word serpent, the Zohar says these words, this is the evil inclination. Now, in the Talmud in Tractic Shabbat, it says as follows about the evil inclination. This is the craft of the evil inclination. Today it tells him to do this, and tomorrow it tells him to do that, until it tells him worship idols, and he goes and worships. In other words, the Talmud is saying that if, from the very onset, the evil inclination would come and tell a Jew, go do idol worship, of course we wouldn't listen. But he begins with the little things, meaning that at first the serpent tells the person, of course, walk upright. But with your head bent down, 
Why does the serpent say that? So that you don't, let me quote you the verse from Isaiah, which says, lift up your eyes and see who, capital W, created these. So therefore, he doesn't start by saying, roll on your stomach. He starts by saying, yeah, 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 you're a human. You should walk with your head up. But don't look upwards to be focused on God. Now, once he gets you to do that, eventually this will lead to, quote, and then falls upon its belly to be self-absorbed, indulge, and submerge in only, quote, crawling upon your belly, meaning eating and drinking, just like the animal kingdom. Eat, don't be eaten, and reproduce. The way to overcome this serpent, which is the evil inclination, is to do the opposite, to submerge ourselves in having, quote, your eyes on high. That means the study of Torah and specifically the interior dimension of Torah, which is the Hasidic studies, which talks specifically about the raise your eyes on high and see who created these. Now, to understand this, I want to share with you what our sages say. In order to, we said in order to prevent the bending down, we have to always have your eyes on high. And what does that mean? Study Torah. And what does it mean specifically? Studying the interior dimension of Torah, Hasidus. Now let's see what the Talmud says. Our sages in Tractate Kiddushin teach the letter Vav of Gochen is the half mark of the letters of the Torah. So we're now in the book of Leviticus, which is number three of five. And we're in the Torah portion of Shemini, which is pretty much halfway through. Hence, the letter Vav of the word Gochen is exactly the half mark. Now, if you look into a Torah scroll, you will see that that Vav is written big. It looks like a spike that's boom. Now, why? Because the Masha explains the letters of the Torah are all names of God of the hidden, i.e., Hasidus, of the Torah. And being that the primordial serpent is the worst impurity, hence the Torah stops the half mark, the big vav that looks like a spike, which means not allowing the serpent to go any further. And how does it do that? With the vav of the Gochen, telling us that with the letters of the Torah, which are the names of God, there is no place for the power of impurity, for the vav of the Gochen stops it. In other words, we see clearly that he's saying that it's not just any part of the study of the Torah, but the study of the Torah that talks about the letters being the names of God. That's the teaching of Kabbalah and Hasidus. Now, Hasidus explains that when the story when the Jews were bitten by serpents and they were dying in the desert because they sinned, so Moses made a copper serpent and put it on a pole. And whenever a serpent bit a man, he would gaze, he would look, Rashi says, look heavenward and live. That's what the verse in the book of Numbers says. Now, Hasidus explains, what does that mean? What do you mean you look up at, the, at a copper snake? Well, that, that doesn't do miracles. So it explains that by looking upwards, what you're actually doing is you're seeing the serpent of holiness, which is the source of the serpent of impurity. And this would cause a refinement and transformation of the serpent of impurity. 
This is why the study, uh, this is what the study of Hasidus does. It shows one how, I quote you from the Talmud and Baba Basra, quote, Satan, remember the serpent, Satan for the sake of heaven was its intentions. In his primary source in Judaism, we don't look at the, the, the um, evil inclination, Satan, as a fallen, fallen angel. Rather, we look at it as an angel which is doing exactly what God wants it to do, which is to go ahead and tempt the children of God so that we can use that to become stronger. Now, being that in its source it is holy, by looking up, i.e. studying Hasidus and seeing that the serpent of impurity really comes from the tree of knowledge, which is where the serpent of the holiness, its connection to the tree of life. Hence, that's how we're able to, that through the submerged and having your eyes on high, the study of the interior, Hasidic studies of the Torah, we transform the serpent of impurity into the serpent of holiness, bringing peace to above and below.